Olá a todos, sejam bem-vindos ao Tudo Sobre Futebol Americano, hoje para falar sobre os Lisboa Devils, a ferro e fogo. Fica a nota que o episódio de hoje vai ser gravado em inglês, porque temos o nosso primeiro convidado internacional, o Joey Bradley. Hello, man. How are you? Dude, I'm doing good. I'm enjoying. It's good to good to see you. Good to talk to you again. Always. Yeah, like always. man. Long, long time no see. We were already speaking for the past 30, 40 minutes, but just on off and uh, getting to catch up a little bit. But uh, yeah, um, I, I miss talking with you, man. And uh, thank you for accepting the invitation to to speak with me here at at Tudo Sobre Futebol American. Um, and uh, yeah, Everything I usually about football, baby. Yeah, all about football. <laughs> all about football. All about football. <laughs> but uh, man, let's start off by first of all, I was. Uh, I know you understand uh, Portuguese. I know you speak a little bit of Portuguese, but I was just telling at the beginning that you're my first international um, ah, okay. uh, guy coming on on the show. And uh, yeah, I would like everybody related to American football in Portugal knows you, but I would like for you to like introduce you yourself a little bit, what uh, you've been doing, your connection to, to um, American football in Portugal, but uh, talk to, to us a little bit about uh, Joey Bradley. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you having me on. We've always connected pretty well throughout the years. And, dude, you were actually the first international guy on my podcast, too. So that's kind of a cool little circle yeah, of life right yeah. there. Um, but, yeah, Joey Bradley, I am now 30 years old, been playing around Europe for the last six or seven years, six seasons. And originally from Issaquah, Washington, right outside of Seattle. Man, I've had a crazy path just to go bullet point real quick of California, North Dakota, Connecticut, Portugal, Poland, Spain, Czech Republic, Finland, um, lived and played in many different places. As you guys will find out, I like to talk, um, like to just connect with some people, travel around, see some new things, try some new things. And uh, my connection with football in Portugal is I played, shoot, four years ago, five years ago with the yeah, time, time flies, time yeah, flies for real yeah. with, with the Lisboa devils. And we won two championships. While I was there two undefeated seasons and Portugal to me has kind of become where I feel most at home. So it's, it's always kind of nice. I've, I think I, since moving away from there, I've gotten to travel back at least once a year over the last four years. And Portugal to me, like I said, is, is, where eventually I'd like to settle down. And so it's kind of cool to have somewhat of a legacy um, in that country. Yeah, yeah. I, and and I, I mean, the idea today obviously is, talk, is, talk, is to talk a little bit about you, about the, the Lisbon Devils itself. Um, I mean, I thought that you would be the perfect person to, to be in this episode because you've joined the Devils when, when the Devils were in the... In the breaking point, let's say you were the 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 missing piece. Let's let's say it like that. Right. Um, do you remember our first conversation? Kind of. You know, I remember I was sitting in like my mom's basement, basically, and it was you and Duarte, right? Yeah. And and Skinner and on, Skinner and Skinner uh, on the three-way kind of Skype call thing. And but to be honest, I don't really remember too much about it. Too. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a, a, a brief context. Okay. So the the Devils basically, it was a team that was created in 2013 by Edward, and I've joined the team as the head coach, and we made like a, a plan that had like three years to develop. The first year we basically wanted to create something. The second year we wanted to consolidate that. That's when Coach Skinner came on board, and yeah, from a, a the um, the sports aspect, the team grow from the first to the second year. But when we were in the second year, looking at the third, the idea was to conquer everything. We want to win. Mm -hmm. And Skinner at the time uh, mentioned, okay, if we want to win, we need to bring players on board that can help us on the field in practices 
in developing good practice uh, um, practice uh, uh, scripts and ideas and, and create a good environment. So I, I remember this as if it was yesterday, Joey. We had the meeting with the QB that was playing in Spain, an American one. I don't remember his name. Okay. We had this, we had a Skype call and like when we were talking, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel, you know, I work in human resources, so I'm used to being in interviews and to get like the technical questions and everything, but I'm more right. of a, a fill up guy, you know, like I feel the people, I feel the, the person yeah. that is in front, uh, in front of me. And when the, the Skype call ended, I was like, yeah, honestly, coach, I, I don't feel like this is the guy. And uh, then he said, hey, wait a minute. I have another guy I'm chatting with. Let me see if he's able to join in a call. Like 10 minutes, you were in. And like 30 minutes after we, we spoke, after the call, Coach Skinner was like, so what are your thoughts? And yeah, this is the guy we want. You know, so. <laughs> what, if you don't mind me asking, what was something that made you think like I was the guy? Like, I guess I'm stroking my own ego here, but I'm curious to yeah. hear this. You know, there. I remember uh, you were mentioning the the place you were in your in your life where you were coming off a, a bad breakup that you were right. trying to to find something to move on uh, on on forward. But everything that you mentioned in your language was us, not me. You never mentioned like uh, uh, I want to make it happen. No, you you mentioned obviously you could say yeah I want to do this, but I want to go to a place where we can be successful. You know, uh, your language was always in plur plur plural. Uh -huh. Ah, yeah. okay, yeah. You know, it's always us, 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 us. And uh, this is some things that sometimes we don't even notice in, that we have that in our language, in our way of uh, speaking and saying things. But yeah, I really noticed that. And and yeah, and then like the energy we had, we really connected the, at at first. And 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 then yeah, then you you came on and uh, and things really went well like like you mentioned with the with the two the two undefeated seasons the two championships and and obviously afterwards you, you were able to go into different leagues and, and so on, but focusing now a little bit I, I gave like a brief context about the team and how things moved forward. Tell us like a little bit about the experience when you arrived like. What were like your first impressions? What you felt a little bit? Man, I had such little expectations in a way because like you kind of said, I was in a weird place mentally when I came. And so I really was just looking to get out of my current situation and kind of just get a fresh start in general. And I'd never been to Europe before. Um, but everybody that I was friends with who had been to Europe before me said, Lisbon's the best, you know, go, if you're going to go on a Euro trip, make sure Lisbon's on the, on the schedule. And so it all just kind of perfect storm came together. And so I just can remember seeing the bridge, what April 25 bridge and thinking like, what the the Golden Gate Bridge is here. Like, what, where, you know, like, I, I didn't yeah. really, I didn't get too much sleep. And then we had the camp that first weekend. And so me and Skinner walked around a bunch. And I just, it kind of felt like being in a dream at, at a certain point. You know, I still, yeah. I had, I didn't know what to expect. But then we got up to, uh, what, Torsvedge or like Santa Cruz or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Everybody was super cool. And, um, Dude, it's, it's crazy because I wrote in my journal almost every day during this time. And so I should I should send you some of that stuff looking back because it's funny to see. I've read it a little bit, but Miguel was like one of the first guys to really try and include me. And there were just some like weird little things about I should have probably read it before I did this. But um, yeah, I should send you that. But it was just, dude, I had no expectations. And when you kind of have no expectations, everything can be great. And luckily, everything was great. But, um, you know, I came over there, very minimal contract, you know, very minute, yeah. like, we didn't even know where I was going to live. I don't think when I got there, it, you know, it, it kind of all went together. And I was just kind of, all right, I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to be out of, you know, the situation I was in. And whatever happens is going to be great.
Yeah, just just let it flow a little bit. Let it see what it what it takes you. And uh, like if you had obviously, then you had that first contact, and then things started clicking and moving forward. But if you had to choose now that it's been a couple of years and looking back, if you had to choose a name for the cultural, uh, the culture that we developed on the team, which one would it be? Hmm. It's it's super cliche when we talk about football and sports and everything, but the Devils those two years for me especially were like family, you know. So, or brother, you know. The it's like I said, it's super cliche, um, and I think a lot of people say it insincerely. But that team, as we've talked throughout the years, for the most part, everybody was pretty good friends with everybody, and that's rare for football. And everybody was really playing for the other guy. And so it was, for me, probably one of the most family-like atmospheres that I've ever been a part of. And so, yeah, if I had to narrow it down to one word, that's what I'd call it. Okay, okay. Yeah, and one thing that it's always also like uh, connected to football, to any team, it's like the leadership. And I mean, you know, you know me, I'm like, uh, uh, I don't, I don't believe I have like a leadership style. I think that the, that you need to adapt the kind of leadership to the, the moment the team is going through. And uh, when you arrived, uh, obviously you get like the, the baby steps, you start to feel the team to understand what your role would be. Um, we, at the time I was the offensive coordinator. So I had like the, the tool of the team in terms of calling plays and everything. But after like a couple of weeks or two or three months, something like, I think it was like two months. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously understood that I can call the plays and the team can be good, or I can give you the play call uh, and the team can be great. So that's something that happened on, on, on the Devils and that is connected to the leadership. And after the Devils, obviously you had different, uh, different experiences and, and so on. Right now, how would you say that is your defined style of leadership? What do you like to, to put on or have on, or have on your team? Do you like to, to adapt also? Do you have like a clear and defined style that you like to apply? As like an offensive coordinator, I, you know, I came from a more spread background, but as I mentioned, moving around college for my four seasons that I was eligible, I had four different offensive coordinators from everything from spread to multiple to whatever. And so I guess there's a little bit of knowledge of everything. And so I, I, I definitely have my base of what I like. But for example, if you don't have four receivers that can play, it's pretty stupid to run a four wide receiver set all the time or, you know, if, and so there has to be, I think a a little bit of a balance to having a system, but then not being married to it, where if you show up to a team and Hey, we can run the ball, run the ball and we have a tight end and, you know, and, and a fullback, which is almost non-existent nowadays, but I think at some point fullbacks will become a thing like, Hey, let's not be spread. Let's, let's play to the strengths and then find your system within that team. And so fortunately now in Europe, for the most part, everybody is more skill based in terms of being receiver and spread. And so every team you go to normally has that skill set. But if, you know, I don't even, if I went to a team that had two good tight ends, it'd be like, all right, we want to be in 12 personnel more than we want to be in 10 personnel. And so I think having kind of an idea and an identity is important, but sometimes guys will run into the problem of like, no, this is my system and we need to mold the players to my system. Yeah. And I think it's a little bit of balance. Yeah, it's uh, adapting a little bit the human resources to the system and not, uh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I believe that's one, one of the reasons why we were able to be so successful together while at the, at the Devils. And did you felt, while we're talking on this, did you felt like a huge difference in terms of like the cultural side in the American experience that we had, that you had? 
with the Portuguese one, like in accepting ideas, accepting different ways of communicate? Did you saw a huge difference? Yeah, I mean, dude, the fact that you basically gave up power, essentially, and control of the offense to me, middle season, is something that I really admire because I don't think many dudes would ever do that, you know, and, and, but you saw it for what it was that we were, it was going to be in a better situation. And so the, the, you know, that would never happen in the U S you know, like th that probably wouldn't happen most places in the world. I don't think. Yeah. And, and so, um, from that, from that idea, it's definitely different. It was cool with, the devils because it was fairly such a new sport relatively speaking that the guys were so hungry not only to win but to learn that coaching them and playing with them was so easy in a way because guys were motivated to learn and they hadn't there hadn't been a ton of success doing it a certain way before and so everyone was really open to trying something new or calling it something different where you run into like in the States, you know, a receiver that's dominated in high school, maybe not doing it the most fundamentally sound way. When he gets into college, he doesn't take coaching that well because he's, he's had success doing it his way. And yeah. so now you're kind of trying to tell him, ah, do it this way. And maybe he's not going to be great at it at first. And so that uncomfortableness of not being good and failing can make guys nervous. And so there just, there wasn't that in, in Portugal with the devils. So that made it just so easy from the install and coaching and getting guys on board. Yeah. You know, that, that thing that you were saying about like giving up, uh, power or or uh, stepping a little bit back and let other people get the spotlight. I mean, it it's for me it's a no-brainer every time that you're managing a team. Like because that for me the best measure of success is how far we can go, not as I can go. You know, obviously there are situations. I remember like our first year where the twins Pedro and João, yeah, like made a huge play, a reverse play on a kickoff that got us the game, we won. And after the game, the other coach came over and said, hey coach, that was a great play you called. And I was like, yeah, thank you. It was the guys that made that without telling me anything, you know? So, so I was like, you, you also have that side, obviously. <laughs> but I, I really remember when Joao and Pedro came up to me and said, hey, can we run the, key, the, the reverse on the kickoff? And I was like, we never practiced that. Yeah, but we feel it's gonna work. And I'm like, okay, try it. <laughs> and then, <laughs> The coach came over and said, that was a nice, nice play, coach. I'm like, Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, looking a little bit now for the, for the Devils and, and also looking a little bit about, uh, to, to the Portuguese uh, teams, you're able in those two years to face most of the teams that were, uh, that were playing at the time. I, for me, 100% clear that was the, the premium play in Portugal, the, those Two seasons. The season after also was was really good in terms of uh, be, having good players, quality players, not only imports but also national players. Um, I think for me th those were the three premium years in Portugal. My question to you is, um, which uh, if you had to say one player, which was the best Portuguese player you had the opportunity to to see play with or against? Uh, you can give us give us like a player from the Devils and then one okay. player from any any other team. Okay. Um, ooh. There are guys that this, are gonna. This is not tough gonna to like say the for answer. the Devils because yeah. someone's gonna be mad at me no matter what. You know. <laughs> um, I think on the the Devils, the guy. Well, I'm gonna kind of cheat it because I'm gonna give two for each. Um, okay. Okay. On Devils, the guy who impressed me the most from an athletic standpoint was Pedro Almeida. I mean, yeah. he, he could do some stuff he didn't even know he could do or what he was doing. Just the way his was able to run and catch and just, he was tough as shit. I was, and I mean, just, he was impressive. And then I thought the other guy that we really leaned on was William. 
you know, and I, I, I'm on the offensive side, so I guess I'm going to pick two offensive yeah. guys, you know. The defensive guys are not going to like to no, hear No, yeah, I know. Sorry, doll. Yeah, Lorenzo's <laughs> going to message me after this and say no more. You're never... No, I shouldn't have given you free gin and tonics at Urban. Um, <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> but then um, guys that we played against, I guess I really didn't have to play against him much because he didn't play defense that much. But Juz was... You know, he he dominated. He made the games against the Crusaders close. You know, where if I think our first game against them was like sixty to fifty-four or something, it was basically whoever had the ball last was going to win. And then, but I didn't really have to. He didn't play defense that much. But the guy that um, defensively that I feel like was the best was uh, Train Joao. Yeah. Yeah. I forget what his last name is. I just know him uh, as Train. Yeah, Jean Marx. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, he he's was physically able to do everything. You could tell he knew what was going on on the IQ side of things. He was a leader. He was tough. He was big. Like he was he was pretty damn impressive himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about probably some of the best talent that we had in in Portugal. Train is a guy that is here since the beginning, so not only has those traits that you mentioned, but he also has the consistency of being here every year and keep on playing at the, the good or high level. Exactly. Um, now, now I have other uh, hard question for you. Now this only related to the devils. Okay. If you had to choose one guy as the like character award, like the funniest guy on the team, which one would you say? Uh, and if you can share like a funny story you had with oh, him, man, funny character guy, dude, that team was just full of characters. Like I mentioned, I mean, it was kind of the combination of the O-line that first year with Valent, Cunha, uh, Font, you know, like those three guys were kind of always giving each other crap at practice. And so that to me always just kind of sticks in my mind of some funny stuff that I can't even really remember stories, but just, you know, different, like them telling me, Hey, you know, tell me, tell Miguel this, you know, call, call Miguel this, Oh, t tell font this, you know, and just like little, like picking on each other kind of things that it was all in good fun that, those and then you add like Cassiano who's just like the just perfect like perfect guy that you want on the team that can also dish it out a little bit and also take like it was just a good little the, I'd say the O-line as a as a whole was kind of that little group of characters that yeah. when you needed some kind of joke if I needed to tell a joke and get a laugh it was from the O-line, I felt like. Yeah. No, the, the O-line at the Devils was very particular because you had, like, those those guys for the goofy ones, and then you had guys like Hui that exactly like, he's a four-year-old dad <laughs> that, like, was always there, always committed, always giving his best. Uh, but yeah, but that, Hui, uh, Hui was, like, the you needed Hui because he liked being the audience. You know, like he liked listening and being in on all the jokes. Yeah. He might not be giving them out, but he was always there, like yeah. ready to laugh and want to have a good time. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I can, I don't know why I can't, again, I can't even really think of stories, but Shinez was a character, like in my mind, like for whatever yeah. reason, just him and like the little, and then on defense, it was probably like the linebacker crew that were the characters of Shinez, Ruben, uh, Lawrence, like those three, I, again, I can't, I don't have a distinct story, but just if we went out, those were the guys that were funny. Yeah. yeah. Fun those to were, talk to, those you know? were the dangerous guys. Yeah. Those were, yeah. Or the fun yeah. guys or, yeah, or the fun guys <laughs> or the fun guys. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Okay. And I, and I saw you, you're spreading love for the O-line as well. Uh, that, that was smart it's because O-line is the best friend of any quarterback, anyone that is hearing us and uh, <laughs> take this into consideration. Always, always. For sure. Um, yeah, and, and actually, if we're going to finish on the O-line with Moreno and uh, second year um, with Gonzal and uh, yeah. what 
I always mix up the names of the the twin. Uh, Rogério. Rogério, yeah. Yeah. Rogério, yeah. Like yeah. that. That. I mean, again, it was like it's funny how no matter where you play, for the most part, the offensive linemen, whether it's Poland, Portugal, Czech, Spain, Finland, the U.S., they're all very similar in terms of funny, goofy dudes that kind of just want to have fun and even whether it's culturally age whatever the differences are they're all pretty similar in that, that yeah. way and so yeah i saw i saw a clip a couple of uh, of days ago of landon dickerson the center for alabama doing like uh, uh, splits not split splits when you go like uh, uh cartwheel maybe cartwheel yeah okay. Uh, behind Mac Jones while he was doing an interview, and I was like, "Oh my God, this is the this is the the old line, always goofing around, always yeah. like claiming attention by not claiming the attention." Yeah, it's exactly. uh, yeah, old lines are are the best. It's they are my <laughs> favorite uh, guys on the team. I'll, also always always. Um, sure. If if you had to say like you played in a, a lot of games in Portugal all, all over Europe, but if you had to say like which was your favorite game to play in Portugal and then another one in Europe? Which games would you say to us? Um, it's easy and, and there's not even a doubt. Well, I'll give two. The favorite game ever was the game against the Turkish team. That, for whatever reason, man, that one sticks in my mind. Some shit happened in that game that just, you know, I honestly, on paper, I think that team was better than us. And if we played them five times, they might beat us three or four out of the five. But we just competed. And it was it was one of the best games. I can't really remember a ton of details, but just back and forth. I know Colin, Colin balled out and did some impressive stuff that game and, you know, was matched up against their import. And then the the then the domestic Turkish versus Portuguese battles were really good. It, it was just a really good game overall. And but then I also kind of have to say, one of my favorite games was the first game against the Navigators, because okay. you know the Navigators were the top dogs, and that's all that's all I had ever heard about. You know, leading up to that game was Navigators this, Navigators that. They, you know, won every game forever, it felt like. And we came out, and I think I had, like, seven touchdowns, eight touchdowns passing. I think Pedro yeah, the had, like, game, three. Yeah, the game was 51 to eight. So Yeah, yeah. and, I mean, yeah. we came out, and it was like we put Portugal on notice. And, you know, Bernard scored a touchdown or two. Pedro scored a couple. Colin had a couple. You know, we ran – our defense shut up. It was just one of those things where it was like, all right, the, the, the tide is changing. You know, there's, there's yeah. a new, a new sheriff in town and I, the, the competitive asshole in me just loves seeing a team be defeated at the end of a game. And I have to say at the end of that game, like there was a shocked look in all the guys because the navigators had never really lost. And so yeah. to, not only lose, but I mean, we, we won by 40. And so it was a, a thing that was just like, all right, dude, we're here. And so that in a way was kind of one of my most fun games too. Yeah, no. Yeah. I remember, I remember both those games and they were like uh, amazing. And if you had to say one in Europe, like uh, that you played in any country that you've played in, in any team, do you have like a game that sticks or comes to your mind right away? Um, maybe the semi-final in Poland my first year. Same kind of thing in Poland, either the first game or the semi-final game, which was we lost in the championship that year. But the first game, because we, we kind of played a crappy team, but I was only there for two practices before that game because I just came from Portugal. And we scored like 50 points and they had really struggled on offense. And so selfishly, it was kind of like they'd been really good in the past, but it was like, okay. And everything that I was doing worked. And so I kind of got that confidence from the team like right away. 
And then the last game there, or the semifinal game there, we beat the Lowlanders. And they had lost to the Lowlanders earlier in the season before I arrived. And so again, it was just this kind of, there was a cockiness from the Lowlanders and we ended up, I think, winning by 21 or something towards the, at the end of the game. We, you know me, I'll go for the, I'll go for the neck and throw it deep when we're up by 14 to make sure we, we win it. And we did that. And so it was just kind of one of those games that was like, gotcha. I never got to beat the Panthers in Poland. They've, they've beaten me quite a few times. And so I can't say that, but in Poland beat that those, those two games are probably up there for me. Yeah. And the good thing is you still have time to go beat the Panthers eventually. Yeah. I know. I don't, I don't know how that'll happen because now they're in the ELF and yeah. we'll see, but yeah, well, or uh, dude, I actually, I talked to them about joining them last year, but then I went to check instead. And so, yeah. uh, you know, what the old saying is if you can't beat them, join them. So yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and and regarding that, do you have like uh, right now, do you have any idea, any goal to play in any specific league in Europe? Do you have any special plans or are you just like following a little bit the, the tide and see where it takes you? You know, I would say I kind of have a plan, but I can't really explain it. I know maybe that doesn't make sense, but um, as we talked about earlier, I would like to go to a place where I can really have an impact. And I think that one of my strengths is coaching and, and being able to teach guys different things. And so I like the idea of going to the leagues that are more on the, on the rise rather than the established ones um, yeah. where guys are still hungry to learn. And so for me now, it's, it's not so much about, um, finding the the best league or the most money or whatever is just going to a spot that I feel really want is hungry to win and hungry to learn where I can feel appreciated in the sense, you know, like, cause I've had multiple guys from the devils over the years message me about how I've helped grow their love for the game and stuff like that. And it's like, those messages are worth more than playing at the top league. You know, I've, I've played, competitive yeah. football and a lot of it in college I've played you know that's it's not nowhere I'm gonna go is the NFL and so to me it's kind of all in the similar boat so I'd rather go to a place that is gonna selfishly leave me feeling like I made an impact rather than as we talked about before just being another import somewhere yeah you know when yeah the 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 question about which are your like favorite uh, championship which are your favorite game the thing is uh, it always comes to mind sometimes it's like the guys that were next to you or some certain situations like you mentioned with the the game with the turkish on paper they we should not uh, have won that game but on the field we won it like in austria when we would then went to play in austria i remember when you got hurt and Bernardo were, wasn't playing on that game. And we're like, oh, sh we I was going to say a, a bad word <laughs> in, in English. It's, it splits out a little bit better. But yeah, and I was like, I, uh, what I'm going to do? I don't have a, a, a quarterback. And then I had to go in and play quarterback. It was a fourth down. And That's I was like, right. you remember that one? And I was like, oh, my God, what I'm going to do? And I, I was going to punt because we had the, the system where we punted from the the spread formation yeah but when i got under when i got to the position i looked at colin and i was like i can throw a bomb to colin <laughs> i thought about it and it sticks to my mind and i should have done it but no <laughs> i punted i punted <laughs> yeah no dude i that's right i forgot that i kind of yeah like my my left shoulder is always kind of been yeah. not great and i remember <laughs> just the the asshole American in me. I'm just like, you know, the trainer came up, wanted to, I was like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. I'm, I'm all right. Just give me a second. And yeah. I like looked at Duarte. I was like, do you have some kind of fuck? Oh, sorry. I was like, do you have some kind of pill? <laughs> you can say bad words in English. Okay. It's, it doesn't yeah, sound I was like, so bad. I was like, do, you, do you have some kind of pill? 
and you know, like a, a an Advil or something. And he's like, yeah, I think I got a couple. And he like gave me one. I was like, no, give me like two more. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> let's go. And yeah, but but the thing was then that the, you had to stay one playoff, and it was the fourth down. I dude, I really remember the thought process in my mind, like. Oh, I'm finally going to be in a, as a quarterback in the game because we don't have Bernardo. Joey's hurt. It's a fourth down. Oh, my God. I'm going to throw a bomb to Colin. No, I'm, I'm going to punt. And actually, and it was a great punt. It was inside the five-yard line. I didn't even so. see it. I, I, don't, I didn't even see it. I was hurt on the sideline. But yeah. you honestly probably could have thrown a bomb to Colin that game because Colin – he was bawling yeah. that game. That's I mean, true, because yeah. he had gotten hurt in the championship game. Yeah, which was the game before against the Sharks. And so he had this like thing to prove to himself that I'm not yeah. going out like that. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, those those Austrian guys, I'm sure, have nightmares still of old Colin. Yeah, no, they, that game was also we lost by like 30 points or something. We were completely out of our league in terms of uh, as a whole. But the game itself was like amazing. Like I remember then after the game, watching the sun uh, going down behind the 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 stands and and all of that. It was like dope, dope. Yeah, dude. Memory. Yeah. Speaking of that, I mean, honestly, I think we we got blown out in the fourth quarter. But going into the fourth quarter, I think we were only down by like ten or something. And then yeah. I threw an interception in the red zone, where if. I should have just stuck to throwing throwing it up to call. Colin was on beast mode that game where I should have just kept feeding him. And I think if we scored there, it would have been within a touchdown. And so I'm sure if if they they made the mistake of just trying to get too pretty, they could have ran the ball every play and gotten like eight yards because their line was huge. But after it's funny you say the after game stuff because damn, I haven't thought about this. But I can remember after that game being on the field and we're all kind of walking around and thinking to myself, and I don't know if Colin and I were walking off together or something, and we just kind of like look at each other. It was like, you want to do this one again? You know, you want to you want to do this again? Because neither yeah. of us ever planned on playing there two seasons. You know, like yeah. that's yeah. that's how great of a, a team and situation it was there where. I think we both kind of walked off. I was like, dude, you trying to do this one more time? He's like, yeah, 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 I could be down. You had your Gronk and Brady moment. For like, sure. For run sure. it back. Let's run, run it back. back. <laughs> exactly, man. And, but it's funny. That's you so said, awesome. Man. I can remember that of just, I don't exactly know how we said it, but it was something like, yeah, you want to do this one more time? He's like, yeah. All right. Now, yeah. Now insert the Eminem song. The, the one <laughs> yeah. Guess who's the, back? <laughs> yeah. So good. So good. But yeah, this comes to 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 say that yeah, the memories, the the guys, the the environment is usually what what sticks out in, in the end of the the day. And uh, yeah, now I mean we are now going into the the last quarter of the 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 podcast, looking a little bit uh, to the to the league itself again those years that you were here and probably the year after where you then went to, to Poland, we had Kyle playing a, at, at the, um, as a quarterback. Obviously the team, the it was a little bit different, but the competitiveness that we had in the league was amazing. The year right. after, things went a little bit down. Uh, things weren't the, the, the same from a, a, a spectacle standpoint. What do you think should be like, or uh, what do you think we were missing in terms of having like a long term? Because one of the things that we really never invested on was like uh, youth. Do you think that right. was a, a mistake or? Yeah, I mean, I think in order to really grow a sport, you know, you got to have the good national players. And I feel like if you look at the team, the top teams in Europe and the top countries, mainly Germany and Austria, I think there has been quite a bit of effort put towards the youth programs. But it also, man, it's tough because if you have a youth team, but a crappy coach, it's just babysitting in a way, you know, there's, that's, it's, 
you're not going to naturally progress just naturally, you know, maybe a couple guys will, but it's not going to, it's not going to make this thing into a long-term successful thing. And so, and it's hard to find good coaching, you know, it's hard to find good coaching in the U S let alone getting somebody over in Europe. And so I would say the answer would be to make it long-term would be youth and coaching. Um, but that's way easier said than done. Yeah. 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 I, I understand. Um, I mean, you were, uh, I have here two more questions. You were probably the best quarterback or I don't want to, to, to hurt any one, uh, uh, sentiments or feelings, but, uh, you were probably the, the best quarterback to play in Portugal. Um, what would you say like to someone that wants to be like the next Joey Bradley in Portugal? What, like, imagine the kids, uh, because we had a couple of them that like, uh, really, uh, when we were at, at the devils really admire you and, Uh, you, I know, I know, I know, I know you remember like the kids of a uh, couple's uh, friends of Duarte that really love to, to be around and right. uh, like they really admire you, Colin. What would you say to those kids that want to, to be like the next Joey Brad, want to be a QB, to play American football? What would like be your tip to them in order to achieve that, uh, that goal yeah. or that? Yeah, I mean, man, playing quarterback is very difficult and the only reason i i have to give all my credit for my ability to people who have taught me in the past you know it would yeah i've worked really hard by myself but in terms of the knowledge that i have and being able to transfer it to other people is from a guy named ryan burn who was my junior college coach and but i guess so it's hard to just do it on your own first and foremost i would say but If someone was going to do it on their own, I mean, it's the age old formula of practice, 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 practice. And, you know, the getting obsessed with the boring stuff, you know, with fundamentals of throwing the amount of times that I've gone to quarterback camps growing up when I was 13, 14 years old, that maybe I really didn't want to go at the time, but working on the same stuff over and over and over again, where now yeah. it's just, I'm a robot essentially, you know, with, with how I throw, you know, it's, I, there's no thought process behind it. And so get it, but it, that takes a lot of time and a lot of reps. And so if someone wanted to start early, man, you'd have to find a friend or a wall, not, you'd have to go chase a ball a lot, but find a friend that, wants to go catch a ball for an hour, you know, five days a week, but then also working on some things. And, and so I don't know, I, that's a, it's a tough question. Um, yeah. but you also need some help because I, I didn't do it on my own at all. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, it goes to the, we, the, the, us, uh, I mean, no one achieves everything by itself. You always need to surround yourself with the, the right people and that comes to the my final question that actually i'm going to break it down because it's a it's a, a couple of uh, not questions but situations okay okay so bear with me imagine that you're back at the devils okay and i'm going to give you like this three is fun. Diff three different scenarios that you'll be facing in a game and what i wanted uh, what i want you to do is to tell me the play you will use in that situation And which player of the Devils that you played with would you like throw the ball or hand it off the ball or um, be looking to try to get the ball to? Okay. Uh, so imagine you're in the last game of the regular season. We really need to, to win the game to, to get the first position uh, in the, the, the end of the regular season. And you're faced with the fourth and goal to win the game. And you're in the five-yard line which would be your play and uh, who do who would you provide the ball to throw the ball hand it off and our team is like from when i was there or yeah, the team yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah. okay yeah. then pick, yeah, pick, i mean pick, I'm... whichever team you want uh, uh, from the two years that you were there. okay yeah i'll just yeah i'll kind of blend them together make an all-star <laughs> team but i would from the five fourth and goal i mean 
I'm probably throwing a fade to Colin fade or back shoulder to Colin and, and letting him be an athlete. If, if then take Colin out of it and we go Portuguese guys, um, either a slant or an out to Bernardo probably is what I would. Okay. That would okay. probably be my from, yeah, from the five, if we were on like the one, probably let William just try and pound it in. Okay. You're stealing me ideas. Don't okay. wait. Okay. Wait. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. 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 That was the first scenario. Second <laughs> okay. scenario. Imagine you're, we are in the playoffs now, uh, semi-finals game. Okay. And we are losing, uh, let's say by two. Okay. And we are in a fourth and 20, uh, to keep on moving forward down the field. Okay. Imagine Colin, it's not there because Colin is hurt. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm knocking on wood. Yeah. Okay, but <laughs> four and 20, uh, we can kick the field goal or would you try to play the four and 20, uh, and which play would you use and who would you lower the fourth ball and 20? I mean, oh shoot. my God, I would love, I would love everyone to see your face when I, I give this scenario. <laughs> fourth and 20, man. I don't, that one's tough. I, the first year we didn't even kick any field goals. So the, the opportunity <laughs> of kicking a field goal isn't even in my mind. Um, we literally went for two every time that that's year. That's true. That's <laughs> true. But okay. Taking that out, then I probably go like a seam or a little bender kind of post to Pedro Almeida. Okay. okay. That's, that's is I'd let, I'd let his little ass run as fast as he could and get in front of a guy and I'll just throw it as hard as I can in there. Okay. Final one. We are in the championship game. Okay. <laughs> championship game. We need to score a touchdown. The other team just scored on us. They are winning by six. And we start the drive at our 30. Okay. Uh, imagine you have three plays to move the ball until the end zone. Which plays will it be? Hmm. So we got to get like 20 yards of pop basically. And we got timeouts. We can call a time. I can get to the middle of the field or yeah, no? You, you have one timeout, one timeout. One timeout. Okay. I mean, well, but imagine they are managed by Portuguese ref. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we, there could be a minute left. There could be five seconds. We're not sure. Um, or there could be 25 minutes left in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one game we played, the refs <laughs> totally forgot about the clock, like completely. Yeah, yeah that, um, that's, that, that comes from our still amateur side. It, yeah. it happened. It happened. Okay, but I would um, first play, where I'd probably just try and get like 10, 15 yards on an out. Try and save your timeout. So 10, 15 yards come back or an out to the outside call get in, out of bounds call in, call in or Bruno Cardoso one yeah, of the two. yeah exactly yeah okay. exactly maybe even maybe even Florsch Florsch could run a good little comeback um and then so now we're at about midfield or so and we got kind of the fields open do the the something over the middle post seam bender mm, over route to uh, Bernard or Pedro, or, you know, I'm also, I'm always going to be trying to look to throw to Colin too, you know? And so yeah. some way, but at this point now, I'm not scared to get to the middle of the field. We can either spike it or call the timeout. And then we get down inside the red zone. I'm going to, I'm going to do what got us a lot of those wins. And I'm just going to throw it up to Colin and let him make us all look good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Colin did that. Colin. Well, I guess we scored a lot of touchdowns on corner routes to Bernardo. That's true. Running, yeah. running smash. Yeah. So, he was the smash guy. Yeah. So, so we go left side, go smash. If corner bails and takes it away, then I'll just turn and say, go get it, Colin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, man. Thanks. Thanks for, for being here. Thanks for taking this last one. I know it was, uh, off, I know I caught you off guard on this one. I, so, so thank you very much. 
Man, I would also like to leave you some space for you to talk a little bit about, because you also have your podcast, your own work. Do you want to share a little bit of that? Yeah, for sure. No, thanks again for having me on. This is, it's always fun to talk to you, whether we do it with a camera and a mic or not. But um, yeah, my podcast, Living for a Living podcast, it's kind of my little brand that I'm creating out of the idea that I constantly would be getting asked, what do you do for a living? And I just hated that question. And I'm really just trying to live and, and do what I love and connect and do those kind of things. I, I explain the podcast as I'm not an expert on anything. I think I have a little bit of common sense trying to have a, a, safe, space, a, a safe space for free speech and thought, which seems to be a little more rare these days as people are getting offended by a lot of stuff. And so um, I'll talk about whatever's on my mind, have some guests that I think also are under that living for a living brand themselves where they're truly doing things that they enjoy and not not too concerned with either the status quo or other people's opinions of them and yeah so the, those things and and then I've also done I like to do travel vlogs when traveling is allowed and so I have a series from Nepal and Thailand on YouTube as well that the Nepal one kind of blew up over last year's lockdown and so I'm hoping if uh, this year's lockdown happens, I can get the Thailand one to blow up and then hopefully get back to Asia whenever it's possible. Yeah, yeah. So we, that's, I, that's my stuff on, you know, on Instagram. As I told you before, I'm on TikTok, really pushing TikTok nowadays, uh, Twitter, all that stuff, living for a living. So if I love connecting with random people. So if you're listening to this and you want to connect with somebody like me and you enjoyed it, then I'm all for it. I'd love a message, all those stuff. Yeah. I'm going to leave your details on the description then of the podcast for whoever wants to, to reach out to you are free to do it. Thank you once awesome. again, my friends. And thank you to everyone that follows us here at the Tudo of American. We'll keep on putting every daily uh, content related to NFL, to American football, uh, in Portuguese, this one was, is the exception. But uh, thank you, everyone, once again. Have a great rest of day, a great rest of week, and I'll see you, every one of you back in the next episode. Muito obrigado e a próxima uma vamos falar em português. Boa. Almost, almost, almost. I was like, how do I say next one? No próximo. No problem. Okay. Uh, no. Eventually, I'll guys. be fluent. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate you, bro.